0: Welcome to King's Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about King's Church, visit
1: kcnyc.org. I'm gonna introduce Sam, but I gotta brag on him a little bit here. So, um, Sam and I have known each other for 24 years. He was a young man when I I first went to Africa, and uh, I liked it. God, just something about Africa just kind of grabbed my heart. Uh, I was, yeah, 99, shortly, um, and uh, stayed at his, his house. His dad and I were good friends, and we, he took me out into the bush and preached the gospel and just something we uh, came became really close. But I've known Sam since then. But um, it was interesting when uh, I went to uh, <laughs> his dad was a fascinating guy i mean i I went to his funeral and they rented a they rented the like the stadium there was thousands there like governors and senators and like i mean there was like three three four thousand people at the um, at, at the funerals crazy and um but there was a few things that he like he was passing the torch and he was passing the torch to sam and, and Sam wasn't even ready for it yet Where are you sam but You had no idea what was coming. I mean, Sam was living his life and and this and that. He, you know, he had a radio station. He was a big shot in there, and he was working on all sorts of stuff. But uh, right before Weston died, Sam had gotten his visa to the U.S., and and he had told Sam, like, my friends will be your friends. You know, he had told him. So he had set up, like, for him to come to the States, and one of them was to come spend time with me. And... um, I wasn't super excited about Sam coming to spend time with me, honestly. Because Sam had kind of been living his own thing. And I was like, okay. But it was just, I knew God told me, no, invest, invest into Sam. Like, spend time with him. And um, and he came, and the rest is just God. I mean, God just, like, um, it was just crazy. He just uh, grabbed a hold of his heart and... uh He got some major deliverance and stuff. And that was 2019, and he's been running ever since. But especially the last, God's took him on a journey of kind of of submission. And uh, this last year has been unbelievable. Just the revival is spreading like I've never seen. Like, I mean, I've been going to Africa for 20-some years, and, like, something's something's going on there. I mean, people don't, we just, we get stuck in our own worlds, like, Christianity is spreading across the world. I mean, 50 years ago, there was almost there was like 2% Christian in Africa. There is more Christians in Africa now than any continent in the world, and it is and it and the median age in Eastern Africa is 19 years old. I mean, there is an army that is coming, and they are the laborers that the Bible said the laborers. They are coming, and it's you know, and uh, I was in Rwanda probably six years ago, and. I just remember like, I was there and I just there was just this moment when like this physical burning just hit my heart. and I just felt my heart was on fire. And it was like, and I just knew it was for the youth of Africa. And it, I'm really not like an overly touchy-feely guy. Like you said, I'm, I mean, I'm a construction worker. I'm like, I'm pretty, I'm not that compassionate actually. <laughs> you can attest to this, can't you? So it's like. I mean, I, I go with people, bring them, and they're just broken and crying and weeping. And I'm like, yeah, it's poverty, it's brokenness. But just, it was more, he just burning me like that there was, that the youth of Africa were going to be so instrumental in worldwide revival. And it was just like, and I just like, it was like a selfishness in me like, I want some of that. I want to be in on that. I want, it was like ground floor of like, you know. Microsoft or something before anybody knew about it. Like an investment. And just I just saw this. No, I want to be part of that. And um, so I've just, you know, I've continued, but it's just crazy to see. Like, I'll let, I'm going to have Sam come up here in a minute, but they started his team. I mean, it was a little over a year ago now, but Sam was actually came out of one of the hardest seasons of his life, of just really kind of just seeing all of his own dreams die. like, And he was like, he would describe it a dead man walking. He's like, well, I don't have anything to lose, Lord. I'm just going hard. And they started, and he had this desire to go um, preach to young people, and they started getting into schools, and they just kind of like, whatever it took, you know. There's this 18-year-old girl. She was 18 now. She's 19 now, Wednesday, right? And, and she just ended up having a grace to talk to principals. Like, I mean, Sam was getting shut down all over the place. But this, this, this girl, she just had a grace to get, like, a favor with principals. And she just got, started getting open doors. And last year, yeah, they went to over 600 high schools. I mean, they were doing, these guys are crazy. Like, join them. They're doing two or three a day. Like, it's exhausting. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, like, and just bringing a message of just raw truth. Not religion, just the truth. Like, to the, you know, I mean, it was, it was so amazing for me. There was one school that just impacted me so greatly. We were in is the name of it. It was 3,000 boys, high school boys. Um, I mean, the hall held like 1,800, and then they had the windows open and they were piled up outside like black faces as far as you could see. It's just like, and, and then we come in there, and then this is a high school, right? I mean, and they're, like, one of, one of Sam's team is, like, a pretty famous TV personality, and she got radically saved. But, I mean, oh, my gosh, they are hooting and hollering and going crazy. You know, I'm like, oh, boy, you know. But then just start sharing the truth. And, um, and a big part of uh, the message that he brings is, you know, sexual purity and just telling him the, the real truth that like, you know, this is generational slavery. You know, the lies of just, that the, that the culture has sold it just brings brokenness and families and poverty and death and destruction. You know, and they, and they know it. I mean, I'm talking to these guys, do you want the life that your parents had? Do you want the life that you've seen? Or do you want to be the change? And it's like the Holy Spirit, boom, hits this, you know, school of 3,000 boys. And they're weeping and crying. And, you know, you know, 60, 70% of them are giving their lives to the Lord. And just unbelievable. They're, these guys are doing it like multiple times a day. Like you said, I mean, it's like 850,000 students that they spoke to last year. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well over a million now going into this year. You know, yeah, estimating, yeah, over 400,000 salvations. God's moving on the earth. He is moving. And it's, and, you, and if we are, we are so full of ourselves if we think we're going to get in the way of it. It's just what part are you going to play? It's not, you know, we have this like such a selfish, self-centered idea that like, it's all on me. No, it's just selfishly, what part do you want to be a part of the kingdom? Because it's coming. Revival is coming. It's just a question of, are you going to get in on it? Are you going to be part of it? Or are you just going to be afraid, be a coward? <laughs> like, that's just kind of a scary message this morning. Like, oh, God, help us. <laughs> but anyhow, I'm, I'm, I'm going off now. But Sam's amazing. Like I said, I'm just, uh, I want him to, I'll, maybe he'll come back, I'll come back up here, but I'll let him share the word he's got. Amen. There you go. <laughs>
0: Amen. Amen. <laughs> so just to answer your question, in Africa, we know how it is a microphone. <laughs> but uh, it's funny. I like how you guys use your microphones. You do it so well. In Kenya, the first thing when you give a Kenyan a microphone, the first thing they do it. <laughs> 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 I have an uncle of mine. <laughs> Uh, he came to a wedding and he picked the microphone and he started speaking and started going, uh, From today, God bless you so much, you know. <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> awesome. Now, before I say anything, let me. I'm kind of an ambassador of Kenya. So I like, you know, telling people about Kenya. Um, I'm not an official ambassador, I'm just a self-appointed ambassador, (laughs) and uh, Kenya is an amazing place, for those who don't know where Kenya is, it's in Africa, and it's, we have amazing animals there, we have amazing people, we have amazing culture, the food is good, I had David loved uh, Africa so much the last time he was there. (laughs) And uh, you should all visit Africa. It's an amazing place. It helps. There's something that happens when you come. We had a team uh, from California that came, I think about 30 of them, and they fell in love with our country. And apparently half of them want to go back to Africa. So... I want to encourage anyone that is here, if you have a honeymoon coming up, <laughs> set it for Kenya. <laughs> and those who are still single, we have amazing ladies in Kenya and amazing husbands to be. <laughs> you, <laughs> Amen. 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 Give the, your neighbor a high five. Give them a high five. Tell them Africa is amazing. Amazing. Now, before... I start speaking. Can we pray? Yes. Okay. Hold the hand of the person next to you. Hold the hand of the person next to you. If you like them, you can squeeze it. Eh? You can squeeze it just a bit. Just <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Uh, just say a quick prayer for, uh, for them. Just say something. You know, say a quick prayer for them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we release the presence of God right now in this building in the name of Jesus, we release mysteries in the name of Jesus, we release revelations in the name of Jesus, and we ask you, Lord God, Jesus, that you speak to our hearts. You know our desires, you know what we are going through today, Jesus, we are not living here until you do something unto us. And Lord Jesus, as we speak, may you keep revealing more and more in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Now, um, like he said, I came, uh, something happened when I came here in the U.S. I had an encounter with Jesus. And before then, I used to be in entertainment. I used to run a radio station. I used to be a stand-up comedian. Uh, I loved being on stages, making people laugh. Uh, I used to feel nice about it. But it got to a point, something happened to me. You know, when Jesus comes into your life, some of the things you prioritize, they stop looking important to you. And something happened to me, and it's been a journey. I, I then came to understand the message of the kingdom And from that day, something just shifted in my heart. And all I want to do is speak about the kingdom and the kingdom. And today, that's what I just want to speak about. Are you ready for it? Awesome. Now, do we have... Are we... Oh, this is not that kind of service where you do some... All right, I see. Racism, racism. (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So now, uh, there's something about Jesus. The Bible says when he came here on earth, the first thing, if you look at his first public proclamation, his first preaching, which is in the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 17, that this is after he came from the desert, he was tested. He was baptized. His first preaching, Matthew 4, 17, the Bible says, he said, repent, the kingdom is here. The word repent means, re, means going back. Pent means top. That's why you talk about a penthouse, you know, at the top of the head. It's your thinking. So it says, rethink again. It's like he's telling us, let's go back to our original thinking. And then he says, the kingdom is here. The New Testament has a lot of "re," redeemed, resurrect, receive. You know, we had already saved, but now we are receiving. That means there's something we had received, then we lost it, and now Jesus is here to bring it back again. Now, if you check the book of uh, Genesis, the Bible talks about how man was created and, and told, take dominion over the earth. Go take dominion over the earth. Now, what's interesting, dominion, I was explaining to someone, dominion is like to subdue. It's a military term. means to take control, means to rule, means to govern. So it's like we were told go to Earth and then govern that planet Earth. But somehow, we lost the rulership. Governing, uh, sometimes for you to understand dominion, you have to come from a country like mine. So Kenya, we got our independence in the year 1963. And before then, the British had taken, uh, they, they were colonizing Kenya. And it's the same, same concept that God is introducing. He's saying, go take dominion. It's like he's saying, go colonize earth. The Bible says he first created the heaven and then the earth. So it's like he's saying, go take control over this new territory. There's a colony called earth that you should take control. Now, if you look at how kingdoms operate, like the United Kingdom, When they came to Kenya, what they do, they take control of our country and then they bring the culture of London, it becomes the culture of Kenya. Now, if you come to Kenya, you'd think you're in London because everyone in Kenya has picked the culture from London. We speak English just like they do it in London. We drink a lot of tea in the morning. Just like they do it in London. Our pastors, I'm shocked here, it's different. Our pastors wear suits when they come in. (laughs) Oh my God. If Kenya was colonized by the US, our pastors would be wearing jeans, ripped jeans, you know, and then you'd be taking a lot of coffee, you know, (laughs) you know, so what happened if you come to Kenya, you realize the same culture that is in London has become the culture of Kenya. Now, that's the same, same. In fact, by the way, Kenya, we don't have a lot of traffic lights. We have a lot of roundabouts, because that's exactly what's in London. So now, this is the same, same concept that God is introducing, where the culture of heaven now becomes the culture here on earth that's why when you pray you pray like this our father who is where headquarters our headquarters in heaven Thy will be done where on earth how like in heaven that's the same thing he's trying to say the same culture of heaven we want it here on earth and 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 what's interesting about uh, cultures. And, you know, I've been trying to think about the culture of heaven and then the culture here on earth. The culture of heaven is different because the culture of heaven, the Bible says, kingdom of heaven is about joy. Kingdom of heaven is about peace. Kingdom of heaven is about righteousness. It's like he's saying, let's bring that same culture of heaven here on earth. One of the things I normally say, Uh, Actually, I like doing this thing, at the immigration. (laughs) I hope I don't get into trouble. I I like, you know, I normally say I'm from the kingdom. So when people ask me, why do you come from? I say, I'm not from here. I'm from heaven, you know. I like doing that. (laughs) And it's fun, you know, because that's the truth. We are not from here. Uh, We are from heaven, you know, and we are supposed to operate here on earth. Not with the same standards of, he- of here on earth, but the standards of heaven. Now, one of the things, uh, I've, and, and, and it's been working in my life, and I, the mindset that I don't come from here, that means I don't operate with the standards of here. Uh, I was sharing with a different team that if you come to Kenya, if the U.S. embassy in Kenya is a big structure. They have a big wall around it. And then it's a big building. But if you look around the building, we have slums. We have poor people that live around the slums. And for a long time, I kept asking myself, why would the U.S. set up such a big structure in the midst of poor people? There's some sensitivity that is lacking there. And one time... We, we were invited to go visit the U.S. residents. And I asked one of the guys there, and he told me the governments do not operate by the standards of where they go to. They operate by the standards of where they come from. So for, for them to set up such a structure is because back here in the U.S., that's the standard that is here. So it came in my heart that I should also operate by the standards of where I come from, not by the standards of here on earth. One of the things I said, I will never fall sick because the culture of heaven does not allow sickness. In fact, we, we had a team that came and many people were falling sick. They were coughing. And I was telling them, I will not fall sick because in heaven we never fall sick. <laughs> we never fall sick in heaven. One of the things, the other thing I, also, I can also attest is that we are above the systems of this world. You see, the Bible says that when it talks about the kingdom, it's a government, a kingdom is a country. You see, and, and understanding that you're operating from another kingdom, that means you, 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 you are higher. Now, let me, let me read for you a verse. This is an interesting one. Ephesians 5, verse 19. The Bible says, "...I pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead." And seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Verse 21 is my favorite. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else in this world or in the world to come. When you start operating, knowing that you don't operate by the standards of this world, something shifts. So last, uh, I think it was two months ago, we were traveling from Kenya to South Sudan with titles, and for some reason, Kenya decides to change its passport system, and now we are supposed to use an East African passport because they are not interested in the Kenyan passport for some reason, and they don't alert us. And so my passport apparently had expired. So we go to the airport, and they lock me out. And they tell me, Sam, you cannot travel to South Sudan because your passport has expired. Now, according to me, I am in this world, but I am not of this world. And according to me, I am above the, 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 the system. Of this world. That's how I believe in my heart, in my head. And it has worked for me. So I went there and I told them, I have to go to South Sudan. I know my passport is expired, but I have to go to South Sudan. And he looked at me. I was just trying to think, this guy, who does he think he is? And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm from not here. I'm not from the world, you know, I'm I'm from heaven, you know. (laughs) And they tell me, okay, I go see the immigration officer and I walk there. And the immigration officer sees me and says, oh, I didn't know it's you. All right, where are you going? Bring the passport you have. I'll stamp it for you. Pop! You see, when you operate, knowing that you don't, you're not of the standards. You operate by the standards of where you come from. So when I was coming, uh, my flight was coming through San Francisco. And when we got in, we had a long queue, a long, as I told, line. I'm trying to understand American English. We normally say Q in Kenya. So there was a long line. And what's interesting is at the immigration, they have this thing, they like reminding you where you come from. So they put guys from the U.S. on one side and non-U.S. citizens, they put them on one side. And I walk there, and I'm looking at these lines, and I'm thinking, why are they separating all these people? You know, and in my head... I'm not from anyone, you know, I'm, I'm from anywhere, I'm from a different country. And when I got there, the Lord told me, you know, you don't have to line up, you don't have to line up, you can just, you can just go straight. And so there was this police officer, he, he looks at me and says, hey, let me see your passport, he checks my passport, he sees it's a Kenyan passport, says, do you want to use the U.S. line? And I went through the U.S. line. And they didn't even ask me questions, they just stamped it. Because we are from the kingdom. We come with privileges. And you know the Bible says, seek first the kingdom. I liked how you mentioned it today. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. The secret is to first seek to become a citizen of the kingdom. And once you become a citizen of the kingdom, you now have rights, you have privileges that come with the kingdom. And I was, I was sharing with a different group that there, is, there are things that happen to you when you become a citizen of the kingdom because now you have a backing of a government that is behind you. So there are five things I can share with you briefly that happen to you when you seek citizenship with the kingdom. Now, the first one that you get I like putting them in simple ways. I call them P's. So there are five P's that you get. They all start with the letter P. So the first P that you get when you seek citizenship in the kingdom is protection. Protection is number one. One of the things I have always appreciated is how God protects his people. The Bible says, even if you go through the waters, you will not drown. Even if you go through the fire, you will not burn. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They are going through the fire, but there's some protection that comes from the fact that they are citizens of the kingdom. You know, and and I've always seen God's protection in my life. You know, anytime, that's how I always like thinking. We were in a different plane, and we had the turbulence going on, and guys were panicking. And I'm like, you guys, I'm in the plane, chill. You know, (laughs) I'm a kingdom ambassador, chill. (laughs) We have full protection, you know. And then the second thing that happens when you become a citizen of the kingdom is provision. One of the things, there is a preacher today that said, God's will, God's bill. You know, anytime you understand, you know, being a citizen, you come with rights. It comes with rights. It's the responsibility of the government, the kingdom government, to take care of you. That's why Jesus was so direct. He said, don't worry about what you eat. Don't even worry about what you wear. Look at the birds right there. You know, God takes care of them. And when I understood that God will always provide for me, what I normally do, I just proclaim things and they just happen in my life. And you know what? God provides on a daily basis. That's why when you pray, you say, give us this day our daily bread. He doesn't say, give us this week our daily bread. Give us this month our daily bread. He says, give us this day. Because God wants you to depend on him on a daily basis. Even the manna. The manna was being provided on a daily basis. And, and, And they were told, don't even save for tomorrow. And those who saved, it went bad. Because God always is willing to provide on a daily basis. Number three. The, th- the third thing that happens is peace. When you become a citizen of the kingdom, there's peace that surpasses understanding. You know, even when things look like they are going so bad for you, you have peace. Peace like a little child. You know, any, I, I like hanging out with Titus. You know, he has eight children. And I was actually sharing with another group that one of the ways to live a kingdom lifestyle is to live like children. Actually, the Bible says, "Unless you think like them, not only will you enter, you will not see the kingdom of God." And now I've come; to, I've, I've started studying children, and I, I now understand why God allows people to have children. Children are important because you get to learn how God operates. You get to understand why God wants us to be like them. Children are so—you know—they, you, you'll see them peaceful even when it doesn't seem like it should be peaceful you'll see children they they, they trust so much you know one of uh, one of his boys was just walking on the table and i could just you know i was i was uh, and i'm here putting my hands waiting for him and he just jumps because he trusts that i will hold him that's something we should walk with understanding that god will always take care of us. And being obedient, that's something I've noticed with children. They're so obedient. You tell them, come, and they come. Tell them, go, and they go. You know, and it's, 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 it's God's love language. I was, I was sharing with it in South Sudan that it's God's love language. God loves it when you obey him. You know, everyone has a love language. There are those who love being touched. There are those who love, you know, being affirmed that those who love being given gifts, God has his own love language and his love language is obedience, you know? Myself, myself, my love language, even if you tell me how much, Sam, I love you, I don't feel anything. But if you give me chicken... Hey, I feel loved. I feel. (laughs) So God also has his own love language. The Bible says in John 14 verse 15, if you love me, you will obey me. You know, I was also reading, uh, I think it's uh, Numbers 14 verse 9. The Bible says, do not rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. You know, there's something about... Obeying. There's something about, you know, being a person that walks with the obedience. Abraham was the most obedient man, no matter he became the father of nations. Now, listen to this one. He's being told, I want you to get out of your country. Leave your household behind. And he left the same day. This is a man who is being told, go sacrifice your own son. And the Bible says the next morning, early in the morning, he picked Isaac and went to sacrifice him. Obedience. Anyway, now the fourth thing that happens when you become a citizen of the kingdom is something called promises and favor. This is where you start experiencing the favor of the Lord upon your life. This is where things you don't feel like you deserved to have start coming into your life. I have experienced favor in so many ways. I have seen God work in my life in so many ways. I have traveled to so many countries, and sometimes I wonder, even how does this thing even happen? You know, we uh, like what Titus was saying, when we started going through the schools, they were refusing to allow us to speak in the schools. But, you know, with favor, the schools started opening up. Principals started opening their doors because there was favor that was following us. So then the last one that happens when you become a citizen of God, you come with power. You know, wherever you move, you move with power. You move, you know, with authority because now you have the backing of a government that is right behind you. You know, when you're a citizen, you know that the government will protect you, will take care of you, and will come with its own muscles to ensure that things happen for you. I have seen the power of God in my life in so many situations. We went to a few schools, and, and <laughs> there's, there's a place we went, we spoke to over 40 schools. And the children, many young men and boys, they got born again and many were freed from drugs. But now, what happens? Revival also comes with consequences because you have shifted the economy of that territory. So now the drug cartels started noticing that their drug sales are going down, you know? And so they started reaching out to us. Hey, we don't want you in this area, you know? Because you are affecting our business. That's the power of God. That's what happens when you start walking in power. We, we we normally post short videos on social media, and for some reason, they just go viral. You know, it's not that we are saying anything special. Like, I was just showing Elizabeth, there's one of our videos, we're talking about sexual purity. And it's just hit a million views, you know. And, you know, there's something that happens when you allow the kingdom of God to start doing things for you. There are doors that start opening when you have the kingdom of God right behind you. I liked what David told me, that there are doors you have to allow God to open them for you. There are doors you try and force open. But when you do that, you have to figure out how to keep them open. But when God opens those doors for you, you know, you don't have to worry about how they're going to stay open because there's power that is right behind you. And I want today, now, one of the things today I wanted you to help me, I wanted us to proclaim that even American schools will open their doors for us to bring the revival of God. Amen? Yes. Can you declare with me? Yes. Can you say after me, America! America, America will, open will open their schools to Jesus. To Jesus. Young, people Young people will declare Jesus, will declare Jesus. In, Jesus in Jesus name. Yesterday last night we we left with Titus went to the Times Square and I heard there was something that happened at the subway, you know. I heard there were some protests and we were there but It it couldn't happen while we were there because the kingdom of God, you know? (laughs) We don't operate by the structures and the systems of this world. So we went there and, uh, and we walked around the Madison Square Garden and we were proclaiming that we are going to do an event there where we are going to have students, young people coming and experiencing Jesus in a different way. We are not interested by the culture of here in New York there's a culture that i have noticed of lesbianism gayism i don't know people wanting to change their gender it's shocking you know uh, one minute someone is called steve the next evening they are being called an eve you know you wonder what's what's happening in this in this country i, I was at the airport and i see two girls holding their hands and they're smiling and they're kissing each other ah, <laughs> I've never seen anything of that. So then there was this guy, this guy, hey, he started winking at me. Okay, okay, I understand I'm handsome, but not, not, not to men, not to men. And I'm like, what's wrong with these guys? And we refuse that in the name of Jesus. We are going to bring the culture of heaven here on earth. We are going to bring a culture where we reset default settings of sexual purity here on earth. And here in New York, we are going to have a culture where young people can wait until marriage, until they have sex. Yes. I've been telling people, you know, sleeping around before you're married, before the wedding date, instantly you become married, you know? You marriage happens when two people have sex. I don't know whether that makes sense. Okay, there's a difference between marriage and a wedding. A wedding is a public announcement where two people come together and declare in front of the church from today moving forward, me and this person will be having sex. That's a wedding. That's a wedding. (laughs) But marriage, (laughs) marriage. Is when two people, whether you're married or not married, come together and, and have sex, you instantly become bonded. The Bible says, when a man unites himself with a prostitute, they become one. In fact, it says two shall become one. Look at the story of Jesus and this Samaritan woman. So she's right there. She's at the well. And she comes, and and Jesus comes, and she's asking for water, and both of them are trying to ask for each other water. And Jesus says, you know what? I have the water of life, but if you need this water, go bring your husband. And the woman says, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, wait a minute. You have five husbands. What was Jesus trying to say? Anyone that you have slept with becomes your husband, becomes your wife. And those marriages, that's why they have to be broken. Those bonds have to be broken. Those soul ties have to be broken. In Kenya, we tell them, go look for a corner, mention their name, and start saying, in the name of Jesus, this marriage between this person and this one, I break it in the name of Jesus because we want to speak Purity into the hearts of people. We want to bring the culture here of heaven, even in all areas of life. Even in our families, in our businesses, in every aspect of life. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Titus, do you want to say something? <laughs>
1: awesome. Praise God. Thanks, Sam. Huh. God's good. God's so good. Amen, right? He's just like, he's, um, you know, Sam was just, you know, talking about, you know, we've been stirring up our faith to, you know, to see, you know, our schools and our kids, you know, I mean, they're dying out there. And the enemy is ramping it up. There isn't. You know, I, even like when, when God gave me that burning in my heart, it, I, you know, I'm a long-term thinker. I'm thinking, okay, I'm investing. You know, that'll happen. You know, I knew that, that the, the youth of Africa were going to be instrumental. They were going to be coming here. You know, because you know, America has sown across the world in unbelievable ways. There are people of faith. For generations that have sown generously into the gospel. And that reaps a fruit. It demands a fruit. <laughs> and that fruit is coming. Amen? And I just, I've just i just had a quickening recently from God, like, it's coming quicker than I think. Because there's an urgency. There is an urgency. And just like we were talking about this morning, that, you know, it's been my... You know, it's just, I'm I'm so excited, it's so much fun getting around the body of Christ in different veins, and I mean, David and I, like, we're friends, but we don't ever talk. Like, we're just like, you know, years will go by. Be like, hey, dude, how's it going? Great, awesome, cool, man, awesome, keep going. You know? I mean, really, like, we're busy, this, that, you know? It's like, but it's, it's just funny, like, but I just love how, like, you just hear this same vein. Like, you know, you were saying this morning, and we were just talking about, beginning of the year, God just told me to try not to use need in my vocabulary. Because he's already paid the price. You know, I, I have to draw close to him. I have to seek him. I have to knock. I have to ask for the, for the secrets of heaven. But I don't want, I'm, I'm so done just focusing on need. As if, like, the more I focus on my need or the need of other people, like, that's going to move God. You know, he wants us to have faith. And that was what God just was encouraging me as far as, because you hear it, you know. You, you even take, I take people over there, and they see it happening, and they're like, that could never happen in the U.S. That could never happen in our schools. Why? Why? I mean, it's just at some point we have to rise up and say, you know, our kids are worth it. They're dying. They're getting destroyed. You know, especially as fathers. You know, we talking We had lunch today with Simone Gold, and it was just interesting that that her conversion to to conservatism. She's still in the process, of, <laughs> but conservatism is. Was because of, you know, we have. There's a major thing in, that we fight a lot in Africa, which is especially in the northern area. You know, we Heroes of the Nation. We have a children's home where we rescue children, a lot of young girls out of early marriages, and um, you know, try. You know, it's sex slavery, basically. You know, where they're selling. And one of, um, you know, she calls me dad. Her name's Evelyn. I sent you a video, and it's like. she was married when she was 11 years old to, I mean, just a scared young girl to some old dude that had five wives. And immediately, you know, she gets pregnant. They don't take her to the hospital. They just tell her to tough it out, have her baby by herself. Just horrible, right? Like, she has two kids by the time she's 13. I mean this is this stuff's happening, right? You know what are what are we gonna do? Just like, well, Lord, is their culture. Just who am I? Who are you exactly? <laughs> who do you wanna be? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, so Simone Gold, they have this thing with a lot of these girls, they do, you know, female genitalia, mutilation, I mean, it's like female circumcision, and it's awful, and it's evil to the core. There is no, it is just so that these girls can never enjoy sex, and it's painful, and, and, you know, basically, it's it's just absolutely evil. And yeah, and that was like a conversion for her to conservatives, like, there has to be some morality. Like, this is not just, well, that's their culture. Well, that's evil right? And, but it's around, all around us, right? It's all around us. And, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not preaching to myself as much as anybody else. You know, we have to stir each other up. courage, Courageous, you know, courage is contagious. And we have to, like, God, I feel sometimes, so many times I feel like my faith is just this little flickering flame. And I'm like, protecting it, <laughs> letting it grow, because it's so precious. Because God wants us to have faith. It moves him. It moves him. And I want, I want God to move in our nation. I want him to move. Amen? Amen. And you see it, and you want to, we want to see it in different eyes. You know, that's something that like, we're talking about. It's just so interesting. I mean that's you know the um, Nathan and his preaching this morning about the twelve spies is such a crazy story. I mean, these guys saw miracles that I can't imagine. I mean they walked across the Red Sea on dry ground. The, the, those twelve spies walked on dry ground. They watched the miracles, the plagues, rivers turning to blood and. And they, they watched it all. They ate every day from a, you know, all this stuff. is like, and so many times, and there's just something that came over me this year that just like a righteousness of, God, you don't have to prove yourself to me anymore. Like just In this church, we're just constantly, well, God, if you just do this, if you just do this, if you just do this, and it's like, if I don't see another miracle in my life, I'll be okay. Because he's already proven himself to me. And then just like, It's time, and that is a faith that God's waiting for, that I am going, I am going, I am going, and if you don't show up, it's okay. It's, I'm okay. Because you've already shown yourself to me. We've seen enough. And there's just something, you know, we've all been saved, right? We've been rescued. And this whole thing where we're just waiting, I mean, it's not that they didn't believe in God, but I I don't know, it's just this weird thing, like, where we start thinking we did it, I guess? I mean, how, what, how do we but you just think back about all the things that God's done in your life. And like we're not willing to just go hard and, and just lay it all out there. You know, like as if we've going to disappoint somebody or something. <laughs> we don't. God doesn't have to do anything for me. And there's, there's something really freeing. About something incredibly freeing. Because it's like, I mean, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. You know, seen all kinds of stuff. And it's just just this weird thing where we are cowards because we're always just waiting for God to do it first. And then we can like, no, he wants us to go. I mean, the Bible says without mincing words, if you go and you preach the gospel, these signs will follow you. That you will raise the dead. That you will heal the sick. But there's two things. It says, you know, they will follow you, you know, if you do this believing. So you have to go for something to follow you. We have to go out. You know, however, you know, it's like, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. <laughs> I mean, I'm there all the time. Like, walking around Madison Square. I mean, this guy in prophetic imagination, he's, a, he's like way up there. Like, whoo I'm, I'm thinking in practical terms. Like, okay, okay, Lord, how's this going to happen? I don't know. It's, Sam's like, ah, oh, it's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. But, I mean, what a, I mean, 400,000 kids. It's, I mean, it I, don't, I can't even grasp that many. But I've seen it happening. I mean, I went to a school. And the church loved to say, yeah, but, but who's discipling them? You're just wasting your time. I didn't do it in the first place. Talk to God. I don't know who's discipling them. I, I, yeah, they need not disciple, absolutely. Is God talking to you? I don't know. Like, as if I'm in control? Like, as if I'm stopping the move of God? You know, we, that's just totally religious thing to do, right? Like, well, yeah, but... What good is it to get him saved? If you're not going to disciple... I mean, <laughs> Talk to Jesus. He's the one that saves, not me. And they need disciples. Absolutely. It's on my heart. Yeah, and we're like, God, how do we do this? I don't know. <laughs> right? God, God is moving. And it's just a question of like, hey, where, where am I going to be? And God wants every part of our life. He wants us to lay down. You know, just live radical lives for him. It doesn't take that many people living radical lives. This group right here can turn the city upside down. You can turn the city upside down by just being kingdom ambassadors. <laughs> Amen? And it may, but you see, there is something important about seeing it with faith. Like you see something happen. You even hear a story And testimonies. And grab a hold of it. And say, that can happen here. Right? Amen. It can happen here. Because, I mean, God was challenging me with our schools. It's like, and that's what he told me. He said, I'm just waiting for people to have faith. And we met with a lot of people. We've been going around meeting with people. People that have a heart for the schools. Have a heart for this. And it's like. Uh, a lot of them are scared i don't have faith <laughs> you know it's like huh i love that guy god bless him or whatever but yeah we're not partnering because i it's too like my little flickering faith is too like fragile i got to i have to put it next to somebody else that's got faith right so like when we're going out in the city here and we weren't changing like just look for somebody else that's got faith this is two or three are gathered. So when you've got, got to put something on your heart, just be, doesn't look for somebody else. Start burning together. Start praying together. Start knocking on doors. I mean, it is, it is we literally, just a couple months ago, got a, a letter from ministry education in Kenya giving us full access to the schools. But God wants us, we have We have the solution. We, we sit there and we're just dumbfounded. I don't know what to do. Yes, we do. Do we believe the Bible? We have the answer. There's total, there's confusion, there's lies, all this stuff, but we have the answer. And when we, we go to these principles and we have testimonies, your test scores will go up 20%. And, we, and we've seen it happen. We've seen, I mean. Drugs going down I mean there's something, and there's something amazing too about just going right to the core you know they, they, I mean they just go after sexual immorality <laughs> and it's something when these kids are getting saved in like the just the you know their ma- their biggest need you know high school kids I mean there's just relationship challenges and hormones and all this crazy stuff that's going on right and they're just they're, and then they're just like, oh wow. And then, they, you know, and having that at the core of their salvation. I mean, I went to a school. It was a cool testimony. This last time I went, best school I'd ever been to in Kenya. I was like, this school is awesome. And they were, like, praising God. And I'm like, man, this is weird. Like, I mean, it was just, they were on fire. We, you know, and I, we did a service there. It was amazing. We prayed for the filling of the Holy Spirit and all this. And, and, and Sam and I were just super busy. He wasn't at the same school. And... <laughs> And I, we were just talking when he came. And I'm like, yeah, that one school was amazing. It was like, it was fire. Like, those kids loved Lord. And he's like, well, I'd been there nine months earlier, and it was the hardest school I'd ever been to. He's like, I hammered on them for an hour and a half. And they were just, like, up there doing, like, they're playing secular music and weird jive stuff going on and all sorts of craziness. And he was just like, he said, but at, after an hour and a half, something broke and the Holy Spirit fell, and they got saved. And then I'm showing up nine months later, and it's like, and these kids are just, like, praising the Lord and just going after. I mean, these are high schoolers. They don't fake anything, right? It's like, God is moving, and we have the answer in the gospel and preaching it without any fear. You know, I'm just, like I said, I grew up in the church, and I I don't know what it was that just made me think that nobody wanted it. But I think partially is I just never heard it preached with fire and boldness. It was always kind of like, just kind of sneak it up on them. You know, just first it's just being, hey, you have a problem? I know a guy. He's got an answer. Amen? <laughs> so, hallelujah. Hopefully you guys are encouraged. I'm just, that God is moving. There's more Christians coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus right now than ever before on the earth, like 10 times. I mean, the Middle East is on fire. I have a friend that's seen 20,000 salvations in Pakistan in the last 10 years. I mean, excuse me, 20 million, 20 million. I mean, the fastest growing church in the world is in Iran. I mean, the world is exploding. I mean, these are not easy places. That is harder than New York City. It's hard to believe, right? New York City's—it's tough. It's tough slate. You know, it's tough out there. I can see it. I mean, you guys are an outpost here, right? Of light and like—and there's so much darkness out there. But you have the answer. He is in you. I mean, there was testimony I was telling David that just encouraged me so much. Is Reinhard Bonke, you know, and. We've all heard about Reinhard Bonker, maybe you haven't, but I mean he just went across Africa and saw over 70 million people come to Jesus. And he was wild and fiery. But he just believed that if you preach the ABCs of the gospel, it changes things. And he but you know why the people came? Is because the deaf heard, the blind received sight, the lame walked. And that spread it like wildfire. I mean, every, I mean, there was a testimony of these, I think it was in Chad. I mean, it was, it was just super extreme. And there was a group of young men that were radical Muslims. And they came, and they're all in their white robes. And they had decided that they were going to stone him to death unless their blind friend received sight. So they had a friend that had been blind since birth, and they brought him. And they came early, so they get up front. And they have these big, long, white robes on, and their pockets are full of stones. And they're like, all right, we're going to wait. And if he doesn't see, we're going to kill him. (laughs) But you know what? He receives that. I mean, Reinhardt. he had no idea. He's just doing what he does. Preach the gospel, pray for the sick. But, you know, all those dudes got saved. Amen. And it's just, there's something, we make it so complicated. Like I said, I grew up in the church. I've listened to so much preaching and everything else. And so much of it's just making excuses for not believing. (laughs) Just making excuses for not being courageous. Making, you know, and and it's not, it's not that hard. We just have to go. Get around, and, and get around somebody. You know, like we are the body of Christ. Each one of you has something has faith, so, I and mean, God's given me faith in finances. I've seen just unbelievable miracles. God gave me a, a word, I don't know how many years, nine, nine years ago or something. I remember, maybe 10, I don't know. I was driving down the, the road and God just spoke to me and he said, Titus, you have to get over your issues with growth. Okay, I mean, I never wanted to grow a big company. I kind of just wanted to, just enough to pay the bills, and I was kind of doing the, some real estate stuff and this and that. I just wanted kind of easy, right? It just it sounded hard to grow a big company. But um, okay, God. So I kind of started shifted at that point. And I was just thinking the other day it did dawned on me that I've seen 100 times growth since that time, 100 times. But that's God, right? That's how he works. But then there's a question right now. Okay, am I willing to lay it all down and see a hundred times again? Because God, God likes to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, and, but there's a temptation a lot of times of like I, as if I did something more than just obey, more than just stretch my faith. You know, it's like this, this whole thing where we're trying to protect ourselves, to protect ourselves from being fools, You know, like, or this thing of, like, well, that's going to make God look bad. God can take care of himself. Right? (laughs) God can take care of himself. You know, and he's in charge of the results. But he just wants us to step out there and and have faith in that, you know, and really, truly love. Anyhow, but there's God's given, you know, Sam it's amazing, it's amazing the grace on his life to see these, these young people come, come to the Lord. It's, I mean, it's amazing. I can't, I can't. But he has like a, you know, he's just a pureness of the, the value of the message. You know, it's like, and I'm like, oh God, I want to get around more of that. I need more of that, you know. And it's like, talk to, ask God. I mean, I would encourage you all to ask God, what's the area that you have faith in? And then share it with each other. So then when you got you know, a problem, you know, hey, I need to have this person pray for me. I'm going to bring this person along with me. And, it, it, and it's twofold. It's so good because we have to start acting like we're valuable. I mean, I just so hate religion that just this constant groveling, like we have no we do I mean are we made to operate all by ourselves no we are made to operate in the body and the body keeps us connected it keeps us humble I mean family yes like you said I mean I have eight kids it's humbling you know but it keeps it keeps me connected to life it like and we're supposed to be a family amen Nobody's dragging anybody down. There's something that when we pick up those that are struggling and pull them along and help them and stuff. It's, that it, it changes us. It helps us. So just, I just want to encourage you just to just to press into God and ask Him like, because God has given you faith somewhere, and it's not everywhere, and that's okay. There's a grace on each one of our lives in air in one area, or two or whatever, and just. Press into that. Share it with your family and your your church community and stuff, because it starts to stir it up. You You know, we get so isolated. Like, we all have to be like superheroes all by ourselves, and it's not true. We add something. But there is an understanding of once God tells you that, you have a responsibility to contribute it. You have a responsibility to add, to to be, to put yourself out there, to step out in faith and say, "Hey, well, God, I, I have, for whatever reason, I have faith in this area." Amen. God's, God's it's, it's exciting to be here. Even and, you know, this is like a launching of a new season for you guys. I'm just excited just to just to believe that you know God's gonna. Blow your minds. <laughs> He's so much better than we think. He's got, I mean, I had no idea. Like when we, even like heroes, I mean, I've been sewing into heroes forever. And it was mostly, I feel like it was about my heart. Kind of just like when you start sewing and giving into something, it opens your heart bigger, <laughs> you know? And it's like, you know, this whole thing of like this church economics of like well what kind of return are you getting on that and, and you know it's like really like God's limited in money like he needs my money no but your your finances absolutely represent your best of your talents the best of your time and you know it's it's connected to us we go out there and we work and we contend so like where we put that matters amen And God wants us to sow into that kingdom and grow in our hearts. So we, I mean, we can change the world. The world is changing. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to today's podcast. Acts 20, 27 says, For I have not hesitated to proclaim the whole counsel of God. And that's something that we're trying to do at King's Church. We're trying to steward God's word and share it to a generation. If you want to partner in us sharing the whole counsel of God's truth, please text KCNYC to 77977 and partner with us here at King's Church to get God's message, his whole counsel, all over the place on podcasts and on radio and around the world. So believers like you would be encouraged. Thanks.